Oh, boys, tonight's not the normal Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast. We are back with the SVS Fly Fishing Show. Can you dig it, boys? We're going way back on that one there. What's that, like early 70s? Oh, yeah, man. Mama Ken is they one. They cracking beers to the get-go? That's not long. <laughs> oh, no, that ain't, going, that ain't going nowhere back. That's how we roll. <laughs> like two days. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's been a quick two days. Yeah, the turnaround on this show is not very much. There's no, been no fishing in between. No. But... Finally got rain. We do. Yes, we did. Uh, I messaged my family. Yesterday was good. I messaged my family that was coming in from Maryland. I sent them a big picture of a brook trout. I said, hey, bye. Guys, if you want to do it, this is going to be the week to do it. We're going to go to run around the spot? Yeah, absolutely. You should. You should. It'll be on. <laughs> it should be on fire. Why would they want to catch those? I don't know. Uh, there's another <laughs> thing that they might want to catch that might be a little bit easier <laughs> for them, too. I hope, man. I, uh, I hope we just... Take him to the, you know, the easy spot. Dude, we should just take him a smallmouth float. That's what I was thinking. Um, I bet if we had six guys there, we could get your boat to the, into the spot. Uh, yeah. Um, we have enough guys to do it. The only thing is, my one cousin wants to take his two kids. So, that's uh, that's going to be the only issue. So, that, that's going to be one boat that's going to have two kids. So you take the two kids. I'll chill with two grown-ups. You got Josh and Sean? That's fine. There you go. We, we can we'll do have that. a good time. Yeah, we can do that. That would yeah. be a fun Friday. You just rent a couple kayaks. You're still taking Friday off, right? Me? I said I am. I don't know. I'm not your boss. <laughs> <laughs> if, not, if not, you could take the raft. I know. I got Whoever else with you. <laughs> so, uh, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. A-Rex Hooks. Find them at A-Rexhooks.com. Sims Fishing. Get all your outdoor gear, summer gear. Any, uh, I got a nice pair of flip-flops over here. Anything you need at simsfishing.com. Also, Urban Fly Co. Check him out. Got some sweet stuff coming out. New updated site. Urban Fly Company, right? UrbanFlyCompany.com. Check him out. Uh, check out Why Not Fishing in their app, The Dock. Yeti. Built for the wild. Queen City Guiding. Ryan Evans, our good buddy, uh, guided trips, get your flies, go on the website, check out what you can find there at queencityguiding.com. I think that's all of them. Or we could check out Why Not Fishing. We already did that one. We already did it. Today? Yep. yep. Oh, shit. Yeah, two seconds ago. Just now, man. I ain't fucking paying no <laughs> all right. attention, man. I, th- <laughs> I was pretty we sure we all. got them all. <laughs> like I said, semi-professional. Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have an 85% chance that our guest is going to be calling in tonight. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. If you if you guys are listening, you read read who the guest is. But there is a tropical storm hovering over the great... Isiasis or some sh- crazy name like that. It's hovering over the great state of Vermont as we speak. So is, he says as long as he has power, he's calling in. Sweet. Hopefully he'll have some power. We have some great questions. Yeah, he he's been on a podcast for a long time himself. Apparently, that's what I hear <laughs> every Friday. <laughs> so, um, not only do we have a couple great questions, I uh, I threw the uh, the ask or request out to some of our loyal listeners and some of our previous guests to also throw out some questions. So, uh, Tom said, or the special guest said he'd be uh, willing enough to play along. It's sweet. I'll, I'll try to read them as well as I can. If we can read Chad's fucking chicken scratch over here. Hey, man. I wrote it's that. It's been this way since we were kids. In his first life, he was a Seriously. doctor. No shit. It's true. 
Like I still am. You have never got any better at this since we were twelve. Absolutely. That's I remember he, trying to read something. You, you, you would give me something when I were like twelve years old. I'm like, what the fuck does that say? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell, Jed? What is that? It's nothing but chicken scratch on. I don't even know how the fucking teacher reads that. I write in hier- hieroglyphics. Oh my god, it's Mine. awful. <clears throat> Mine's horrible too. But you know what? Ah. I know what I wrote. I'm sure you oh, know. There's a lot of times I don't. <laughs> you had to re- re-put it together. I took a lot of time writing this. I have great handwriting, so I, I can talk shit on Chad. Yeah, you write like a female. I do. It's like I, I write like a girl. It's like your sister wrote it. <laughs> I put, even put stars and little hearts over top of my fucking eyes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, how much time do we got? Can we I get, keep ranting and raving about how fucking stupid basketball's been lately? We got nine minutes. Yeah. Rant I, and rave about no, basketball. No, I, li- I like that sports are back. Anybody else watch any... Has, I, I watch, I've, watched, I've watched two games of the Tribe, and they've lost them both. Oh, don't keep, quit watching, because they're doing pretty good. I know. They can't beat the Twins when I watch them. <laughs> I've been keeping up with that, and I watched the opening, you know, the opening hits, uh, or what was well, New York and Washington. I watched that game. Or were we back to basketball? No, no, no. This is this is uh, this is baseball. Okay. No, opening night baseball. I watched that because it came back before our basketball. Yeah, did. it did like a week or two. Yeah, but basketball did it right with the COVID shit, man. Put everybody in the fucking bubble, and it, it's easier because there's only nine players on a team or twelve players on a team. It's it's not you know a roster of a million people. That that's all well and good until someone's parent dies and then they get caught at a strip club. The, hey, it might happen. <laughs> no, it did happen. I, I and he got booted, right? Yeah, he got booted out of the bubble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and but they're not going to have an outbreak of you know that. I heard about that, but I didn't catch who it was. Uh, I, I think oh, it was something for the Clippers, either. but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. uh, Lou Williams. Yes, yes, yes Lou yes. Williams. Yes. Because uh, I heard it on the Shaq podcast. <laughs> Shaq was like, "I love that dude. I love him. I love him very much. <laughs> He's a good player. He's a really good player." But ah uh, yeah, and then the NBA came back and man, I'm watching like a fiend. Man, my wife doesn't even know I exist. I you know J-Lo. other than me screaming at the TV at the top of my lungs consistently, my daughter just goes to her room and it's like lets Daddy, me be. shut up! <laughs> Daddy, stop talking! Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it though. I love it. It's, it's it's nice to have it back. It is. It's a uh, one step in the right direction. Yeah, making things feel a little more normal. You know, I get to watch uh it's weird because they have these okay so they have the, like uh big huge screens around the court and there are fans on them watching from like a computer i would think with a, a cam on it and you could see their faces and they're like in the crowd they're you know cheering it's like people's moms and players moms aunts, every but all kinds of different people i don't know how i can i want to be front row i want to see it like that have they got any like mishaps and had like cam girls i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> but that would even that would be that, I'm sure they'd flick the camera right to that, you know. That would be hilarious. Um, I've noticed in baseball they're putting like cardboard heads. Yes, they should put like if your cardboard head gets hit by a baseball, I heard they'll find you. They get they, and they'll give you the baseball. They're doing it wrong. They need to uh, find like someone's ex-wife and put her cardboard head. Or, like, do a little digging and find a mistress, the guma, and put her cardboard head up. You know, just to mess with the the uh, the away team. 
They need to do a little bit of oh, digging. Oh, yeah. That, that, that would be, yeah, there you go. If they don't all catch so, COVID and just turn the season it's off. It's like, you want to hear some chatter out there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, about about hey, Whose wife's that in left field? Uh, I think I recognize her. <laughs> hey, Carlos Santana, that looks like a... That looks like your Guma that I saw you out with last night. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, on another local note, uh, there's two local guys. Uh, Jay, you might be the only one who knows Jake Moore. You know Jake mm-hmm. Moore? Yes, sir. So, Jake Moore and our buddy Turbo want to start a podcast. And I invited him to come out and sit with us tonight. But About uh, goose hunting, more than likely, right? Uh, he said hunting and conservation and drinking beer. I said, ah, yeah, there I, you go. I know he likes to hunt. Don't, don't I know take conservation to a bass fisherman. He laughs at you. Jake <laughs> is really into shooting geese. Waterfowl. Yeah, he is. He's a waterfowl type of guy. I know he has a couple dogs. And uh, I, I, I follow him on Instagram. He's a good follow. I mean, he's, he's into the... But when... Kid I know got a pretty sweet podcast. It's, uh, I think it's Trail Cam Radio. And this was a dude I went to high school with. Do they talk about pictures? Well, no, it's, it's a lot of a lot of different stuff, but you know what I mean. And then they they're actually they hunt on the Pursuit Channel. The one dude got like a, I think it's a show. He's also on same dude who's doing the podcast. It's um, it's like trophy rooms, like uh, my what was it MTV Cribs, but it's for bucks. It's like trophy rooms. People go to people's houses. It's a pretty sweet show. That's pretty cool. Oh uh, yeah, they got they do That's like kind of neat. Well, they do the you know all the filming and stuff like that. So. Kudos to them, them guys. He started with like a, a tuned in archery, like he was, you know, bows, tuned bows in, sold bows, things like that, and built himself up from there. So definitely a, a success story, no doubt about it. Absolutely. But uh, like I was getting around to, they're going to be sitting in on our podcast one of these days. Just, well, we got couches around here now, so they're gonna they're gonna sit in and watch, see how it goes. Um, if anyone else wants to sit in and watch and see how it goes. Hit us up, man. I, it's you want to sit here and drink beers with us and hang out? Come on, man. It, it's always fun. Um, we've had people sit at the bar before and watch us. Uh, it it just adds another level to the game. And well, there's definitely a lot of seating around here. <laughs> there's bar everywhere. I'm usually drunk enough not to notice anybody's here. Exactly. Last time Ernie sat here, I, I didn't even realize he was here. <laughs> and you have your back to everyone. So sure. It doesn't do matter it. to me. <laughs> So guys, we, we got all like, know that we got like three minutes. I think we should uh, take a little bit of break. I think it was last year, two, three, no, uh, just we're about two days off. Last, I think it was half damn near naked in a hot tub with everybody's wife. Oh yeah, the, you said I look like a UFC fighter, but but smaller. No, no, I, dude, there were 125 UFC yes, fighters, so no. You did maybe maybe no, I a said little minus, No, I said minus the six pack. Maybe. Is what I said. It's minus the six pack, Chad. I look like a UFC I fighter. I look but chub- like a fucking UFC fighter minus the six pack. But chubbier. <laughs> I I look like a UFC fighter with a big nose. Without without doing a hundred <laughs> without doing a few hundred sit ups a day. What? Uh, what like, like, like nose is Tyson's punching bag. <laughs> yeah. Would you say something about Tyson? Because I was like, what's Tyson Speak, saying? No, speaking of that, Tyson's Everybody coming gets, back to fight. Roy Jones Jr. Every, yeah, that's every, a good Everybody's show. a gangster until they get punched in the mouth. Roy Jones Jr. is a much better boxer. Not now. Than, no, I'm saying than Mike Tyson ever was when they were at their primes. Not now. Tyson mm. is sharp, bro. I'm just saying, well, I'm just saying, Roy you're, Jones you're talking was an about Olympic technique. champion. You're talking about here, technique He got robbed and logistics. of an Olympic yeah. gold medal, and he was a... He was a fucking but you can't say he's an Olympic gold medalist. That's way near. too long of a debate oh, for saying. three minutes. Yeah. Just saying. But, no, <laughs> that's going to be Tyson a good... fight for the junior Olympic team. 
I'm, he probably did. He was a great fighter. He, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Oh, Tyson. I, mean, I just Roy Jones was a monster too. Well, if it, it, in fact, it's two boxing it's legends like against each other. Freaking dollars to see that thing, if not more. Is it? Yeah, it's a really expensive fight for Dude, two people that are. Every time not I see Mike Tyson anything. in like a little clip or something, I want to watch it. Like somebody's about to get knocked for a loop. Like I want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, hey. We will be right back with our boy, Mr. Tom Rosenbauer. We are back with Tom Rosenbauer. Hey, Tom, what's happening, brother? Not much. We're getting some rain in Vermont, and uh, that's this nice. We haven't had much this summer, so getting some water in the creeks. Yeah, that that's great for your trout and great for all the uh, the other fish around. Yeah. So, hey, Tom, you do a little segment on your uh, on your podcast, the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yep. It's called the uh, the Fly Box. Yep. Uh huh. Where you have listeners write in and call in and ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Our segment's not going to be like that. We're going to do the Dixie Cup full of flies. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. So, uh, loyal listener and previous guest of our show, Mr. Chad Wild from Connecticut says Tom, my wife has a huge, massive crush on you. I believe it's due to the salt and pepper beard and position in life. Any advice on how to become the CEO of a particularly successful fly fishing related company? I'm not looking to quite hostile takeover of this company uh, or its current CEO, but certainly not a friendly takeover either. Follow up. I recently began looking for real estate around Sutherland, Vermont. Any ideas of good neighborhoods? So, so he wants to be the CEO of a fly fishing company. Yes. Is that okay? That's what's up. I don't. I I can't answer that question because I've been with a fly fishing company for 44 years, and I'm still um, pretty much a peon. So I I don't think I don't think he wants to get my advice on climbing the corporate ladder because I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> you just kind of been idle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm going to have to pass on that one. So our friend from Kentucky, Dick Gross, asks, what do you think is just hype in the fly fishing industry? As in, do you think is just gimmicky? And then in parentheses, please say Katinkara. Okay. Please what on Tenkara? I said, please say Tenkara. Okay. Well, Tenkara is gimmicky. <laughs> Euro nymphing is gimmicky. Ooh, I like uh, it. Two-handed casting is gimmicky. 
Single-handed casting is gimmicky. Uh, dry fly, dry fly fishing is gimmicky. He got it. And uh, and waders, waders are gimmicky. Uh, yeah, sure. Pretty much every, pretty much everything we do is is pretty stupid and irrelevant and gimmicky. <laughs> and that's what I tell people: uh, don't overthink fly fishing because it's all gimmicky. All right, love so- it. Dragon tails, then, huh? Good, good listener Dragon for. Dragon tails are gimmicky. Dragon you name tails. it. Beadhead's a gimmicky. Yeah. I gotta love a beadhead. Nylon wait. tippet's gimmicky. Aren't them dragon tails just a cat toy? Yeah, yeah. Floating, floating fly lines are a gimmick. You know, who needs float? Who needs who needs tapered lines? You can fish with a level line. You can fish with a piece of string. Hell yes. <laughs> All right, so can you uh, believe a hundred dollars for a fly line? <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Hell no! Right. Uh, we ready for the next one now? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, uh, our buddy from down south, Don Sentner in Yinzertown. Do you consider yourself a huge fly fisherman or just an average size one? Uh, you probably should ask my wife. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's the best answer uh, we're gonna hear all night. You know, you know, I, I don't, I don't consider myself a huge fly fisherman. Nobody can, nobody can quite um, get up to Ben Siddig's level. Um, you know, he's at the, he's at the very pinnacle of being a huge fly fisherman, and I'm, I would consider myself, compared to Ben, a minuscule fly fisherman, really. Here comes the next question from a Mr. Brad Bowen from Wisconsin. He says. What is your favorite position to cuddle? What is my favorite position? What? To cuddle. To cuddle. Highly not irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. My favorite position to cuddle. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> leg over? Come on, man. It's got to be a leg uh, over. Like a spoon, like a spooning position, I guess. Is it the one depends hander? On if it's, depends on if it's with my wife or my one of the Labradors. <laughs> <laughs> because they're totally different positions. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. They're definitely different different positions. The Labradors are just kind of uh, side by side, but you know, I, I my wife and I wrap ourselves around each other a little bit more. <laughs> I don't think you want to go any further than that. Perfect. Good answer. So. Here, this is quite a long one, Tom. Okay. Okay. Tom, a question from Richard Harrington, president president and sole member of the South Lima Steelhead Society. You may remember him from years ago when you woke him up at the crack of 930 or so to offer him his first official freelance illustration job with the Orvis desktop fly calendar and day planner or something like that. It was a few years ago. I remember that. Anyway... Richard is writing you to ask, after all of these years of fly fishing, what is actually your favorite fish to... Well, okay, skip that. We know there's only steelhead. So, what would your favorite way to fish for... Well, of course, someone of your experience and expertise, it's got to be spay. Come on. So, what fly... Well, okay. When you're not skating a hitched muddler for them... Hell, when you're not, uh, when you're not doing, um, God damn it. So Richard asks, what's your favorite winter, uh, winter fly for steelhead? 
<laughs> My favorite winter fly for steelhead. In the rare, in the rare instance that I get to fish for steelhead in the winter, boy. Trying to think. Oh, let's say green butt skunk, low water style. That's a good one. Hey, and I saw in the Drake one time <clears throat> they tied a a a little weed bud on the butt of a skunk. And that was really yeah. green. It's a fancy uh, variation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not green enough, though. Not bright enough. No, you don't like that? You don't like that shade no. of green? No. no. Okay. Too, I, like a, I like a brighter green. All righty, Jay, you got one? John, John Driscoll, Naples, Florida. How often do you see your backing? On the reel doesn't count. Uh well this this summer since I haven't done any saltwater fishing um and I'm fishing for mainly uh 7 to 11 inch trout in small streams um I haven't seen my backing but I have I have been carp fishing and and I have seen my backing on a few carp but uh and it hasn't been very often this this year. All right, here we go. Next question. Mark Hieronymus from Alaska. What color backing is best for distance? And what color is best for accuracy? Oh, let's see. I would think uh, pink is best for distance and yellow is best for accuracy. <laughs> okay. Another one from Brett Kick from Kentucky. Dom, longtime fan and often listen to the podcast while pure uh, having a lot of luck hunting beavers and raccoons. Besides feeding the family well, I realize that both of these furs have tremendous potential as fly tying materials. My question is, do you have any patterns that would or that you would recommend utilizing beaver fur or raccoon hair? I hate to let the great pelts go to waste. Also, I've been getting a few skunks lately, and hope to have some or hope you have some suggestions. Thank you and Orvis for the podcast. We love it here in Antry. BM Barrel Cooker Esquire. Thank you very much. Well, I have in my fly tying uh, furs box. I have beaver, and I have raccoon, and I have skunk. Um, I, I use skunk for. Uh, you know, if I want to tie a classic skunk pattern for steelhead. Like a, I'll, I'll like a green skunk butt skunk? It. Yeah, skunk tail. Um, some Atlantic salmon flies uh, tied with skunk. And then, the, of course, the uh, beaver. There's the classic beaver nymph, which is, I believe, it's like the otter nymph. Ted Trueblood's nymph is just uh, beaver fur and a little, uh, little brown partridge collar. At the, it's actually a beard at the head. It's kind of like a scud imitation. And uh, raccoon, I think that what he needs to do is to tan those raccoon hides and cut them into zonker strips and use them for big uh, articulated flies. So is a skunk, I actually have a, like an honest question. Like, is, If you ever tied with a skunk, I've never tied with a skunk. Is it like fox? No, it's pretty stiff. Huh. It, I mean, the, I I have tail. I don't have any body fur. I have tail. Hmm. I also have. I, I was looking at my furs the other day, and I found 
uh, a little little uh, skinned and tanned fur in a Ziploc bag, and it had paramiscus wrote not, written on it. And do you know what that? You know what paramiscus is? No, we, we don't. It's rare. It's the white-footed mouse that you <laughs> catch in a trap. And when I was a kid, I caught one in a trap and I skinned it and um, and cleaned it and put the mouse pelt in my fly tying stuff. Uh, and I still have it. <laughs> I haven't used it for anything yet. <laughs> wow. Still waiting on the pattern to come but out. True story. True story. <laughs> People are going to look for white Cut it up mouses to, everywhere. Got it into zonker strips. So nearly, you can tie, hmm. I, mean, I mean, I had a, I had a buddy when I was a kid, he was a school teacher, he's older than me, and he had this uh, killer nymph, and he made it with dryer lint. He would just <laughs> take the, he would just take the lint out of the dryer, and it was just kind of an olivey gray color, and he'd dub it on a hook and <laughs> caught lots of trout on it, so. Not a bad idea, though. You can, you can tie flies with anything. So SVS Superfan Ed asks... How do you configure your sex dungeons? The fly, that is. You know, I don't <laughs> configure my sex dungeons. I don't. I don't tie any sex dungeons. Um, uh, it's 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 too complicated for me. I've I I'll use them if a guide hands one to me and that's a good fly. But I don't. I don't have. I don't believe in. I don't unless I'm tying for a demonstration, like on Facebook Live. I did tie some D D and Ds. Um, and one of Mike Schmidt's articulated flies, but I don't believe in a fly that has that many steps. <laughs> it's too many steps for me. I, I'm with you. So and too many hooks. <laughs> so we get, we have one last question from our friend Dan F in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, this is trouble. Believe this me, this is trouble. It would have been way worse if I had the technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you were limited to fl- or to fly fishing for only one freshwater species for the rest of your life, what carp fly would you start with? Uh, carp nasty. Hands down, Dave Heiss. One. Dave Heiss's carp nasty. Booyah! Easy as that. Great. Didn't no, I think, no hesitation. Because I think that. that because I've caught smallmouth bass on that fly, I've caught trout on it, and lots of carp. So, great answers there, sir. We we enjoyed them. <laughs> that's an easy. That's a you let me off easy on that Fraser one. It could have been really bad. <laughs> he he sent me an audio clip that uh, I was supposed to play for you, <laughs> but I the technology isn't here on this end. So uh, oh, you, that's too bad. You definitely got he's, easy. He's he's brilliant with that stuff. <laughs> I know <laughs> he is. Um, mm-hmm. Your podcast, which uh, so Tom, can you go into what how you got started with the podcast? Because, like I said, I, I started listening to about seven or eight years ago, I think. Uh-huh. And you've been doing it longer than that, for sure. Yeah. I think it was about 12 years ago, and and uh, uh, we had a uh, we had a guy named uh, Jamie Hathaway, who actually still is the editor, uh, the producer of the podcast. And he was our social media director at Orvis. <laughs> I had no idea what social media was, and... And and all this Facebook shit and everything else. And, um, you know, he came to me and he said, you should do a podcast because, I, had, you know, I had a bunch of books out there. I've written magazine articles and all that stuff. He said, you should do podcasts. And I said, oh, bullshit. Come on, podcast. That's old tech, you know, and it was. I mean, 
what I mean, 12 years ago, podcasts were, you know, they're already out there and they're kind of passe. Um, they kind of they kind of came and went um, until, you know, the, the past maybe five years. And he said, yeah, just do it. You know, just just let me record one. You can talk about whatever you want. And so we did it. And um, surprisingly, some people downloaded it. And so um, we started doing more. And then I started taking questions, which I think was was really the the key to the podcast was, was to, to, to answer people's questions on the air and play their voices on the air. And um, and then I started doing more interviews. Now I do almost all interviews. I used to do the podcast just me talking about a subject and and finally realized that um, it's a lot more interesting if I'm talking to somebody else. Yeah, I remember you. And, I remember when you would do the eight simple rules to steelheading, and it would yeah, end, it would end up like thirteen like rules later. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. Um, but you know, the the guest stuff has been fun, and I I kind of have a rule. Uh, for a podcast guest is that uh, I never have a guest on that I know more than. So, um, and there's lots of people that know lots more about than me about subject. So, you know, I, I, I find guests, well, it's not hard to find people that know more than me about that, the subject. That's why we, and have, I, I, we have everyone on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I find, you know, I find guests and I'm, I'm genuinely interested in what they're talking about and I'm learning along with the people that are listening and I'm taking notes and I'm getting ideas. Um, so, you know, that's, it's really been, I think it's just grown because I've listened to what people want to hear about, not what I want to do, but what, what people want to know about. You see, and, and, you know, you see, you know, I, I've met, and I go out and find, you know, I've been in the business a long time, so I have a big network. So I, it's pretty easy to go out and find an expert on a, a given subject just because I've been around a long time and I know a lot of people. So have you noticed uh, in the last five years or, or however long you've been interviewing people that the subject has changed? Have you, has it gone other, you know, maybe toward maybe stripping streamers more or any other which ways? I think that um, people are more interested, seem to be more interested in the, and talking to biologists and getting into the real nitty gritty about things like catch and release and, and fish behavior. Those have been really popular. And I used to, um, I used to do conservation podcasts knowing full well that the downloads would just go south because, you know, if it's not how to catch them or where to catch them, um, people didn't really want to listen to it, but I figured I'm going to shove this conservation mm -hmm. stuff down their throats because it's important for them to hear it. And uh, surprisingly, in the past five years or so, they become just as popular as the how-to. So, you know, it gives me, it gives me confidence and, and gives me optimism that, that people are really in, engaged more um, in topics that relate to habitat. And, you know, and sometimes even political issues, which I, I hate to do, but um, it's all become political and some of the bigger issues. Yeah, and you had the the people from Keep Them Wet on, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was yep. one of my favorite shows. It it yeah. just made you think a little bit while you were listening to it. It's not Keep Them Wet anymore. It's Keep Fish Wet. They've changed their branding. Oh, when did that happen? 
just recently. Okay. Like I, I got an email today, but I know they've been planning it for a while. Okay, so I'm not behind the uh, behind the times. Um, well, Andy, Andy and Sasha are great, and they they were terrific. Yeah, I've had I've had them on a couple times, I think. Yeah, those were some of my favorite shows. Um, oh, good, cool. So what what is your actual title at the uh, the Orvis Fly Fishing Company? Um, right now, it's Chief Enthusiast. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. Which, Jesus which kind of means I which need kind of means. Hey, I mean, Jesus, he's been around here a long time. What the hell? Be- guy, I, did, I thought you went around patting people on the back. Yeah, and, come yeah. on, guys. But you know, I I work with I work with the social media people. Um, I work a lot with the product developers. I don't I don't have a lot of influence on product development, but um, I do. I I love product development, and you know, I'm a frustrated product. I used to be in charge of product development, so I I can't keep my hands out of it. <laughs> but which is good. Because I, um, you know, I, I get a, uh, I get a sense for what's going on, and also I've been around a long time, so I can give some of the younger product developers uh, a little bit of uh, knowledge on past successes and failures and so on. Old school but, knowledge is uh, is a great thing to have. Yeah, so I, you know, I work with a lot of the different departments. Work with the wholesale and the retail and. Um, Provide, you know, do a lot of content providing so for, for social. You do, uh, you do the Orvis Fly Fishing podcast. You mm-hmm. do the TV show that's on Amazon Prime now. You right. You write books. Yep. Is this all within the forty-hour work week, or is that no? A- the the books are the books are freelance. Books and magazine articles are uh, are totally separate from Orvis. That's a freelance business that I have. Okay. So it's not not connected to Orvis at all, other than the fact that we, we often put the Orvis name on the books, but, um, those, those are all done as a, as a freelance business. So in your time there, you've pretty much seen fly rods go from start. Sorry. I said in your time there, you've now seen fly rods pretty much go from then your older fiberglass bamboo to what it is now. Yeah. When when I first started, there were no graphite rods. Not when I first started Orvis, but when I first started fly fishing, there were no graphite rods. And I think when I started Orvis, they'd only been selling them for like two years, and we weren't even making our own blanks yet. I mean, with being with Orvis, and they've kind of been the forefront of all that technology, where mm-hmm. we're at now, how much further can you possibly go with these rods? I mean, these are fine-tuned to the point where it's they're done digitally through you know computer programs and what have you. I mean, how, how much more fine-tuning can we possibly do to a fly rod these days? Yeah, we said that 20 years ago, too. Yeah, well, right now, right now, there haven't been any material breakthroughs. I mean, graphene is graphene is like, you know, if you say you're putting graphene in a fly rod, you're putting like, you know, a, a microgram in there. It's not really affecting the rod. And um, there there isn't there isn't a lot of aerospace material development beyond what we what we have available to us right now some of the resin systems that hold the graphite together are are better but it's right now the the um the uh advancements have been in the way the fly rod manufacturers lay up those graphite fibers how they roll them onto the mandrel how they taper them um, what kind of angles they use when they roll that graphite but um you know i don't know there, there will be new materials, and 
fly rods will get better. They will probably get even more accurate because um, even a, you know, even a Helios three, which has the best recovery rate of any rod. And we've measured that with a, with a high speed camera and a, and a computer program. Um, um, they can get more accurate. There's still some bounce, you know, they can get more accurate. They can probably get thinner. Um, so less air resistance. I think that, I think that one of the breakthroughs is going to come in guides. Uh, we are using snake guides that are virtually the same as they were 125 years ago. They're bent pieces of wire. Yeah. And there's, there's gotta be a better way. And I've been, <laughs> I've been, wor- I've been working with product developers on trying to figure out, um, uh, new fly rod guides for like 20 years. I mean, Jim LePage, the past uh, head product developer, and I experimented with line that went through the center of the rod and different kinds of guides, and we never came up with anything that was an improvement on snake guides. But there's got to be a better way. So line that goes through the center of the, the rod, is yeah. it way too much drag or what? what yeah, was... it just didn't, yeah, it just didn't work. It didn't work? It didn't work. Yeah, no, by that one in Dunst, <laughs> the Duntat cabinet. But I mean, not to say that somebody couldn't figure it out, but we couldn't we couldn't make it work um, pragmatically. It didn't seem to improve the rod. But you know, putting a line inside the rod makes a lot of sense because there's no air resistance inside there. And, uh, oh, you know, that would be hell in the winter time if that were to freeze up. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it moving, Chad. You got to. Well, then you'd have to have an electrode inside the rod to heat it up. You know. Now you're talking. I, the I still got to believe oh, you're, you've got to see probably something coming out in the near future. You know, honestly, I don't. I, honestly, I don't. I'm, one of my best fishing buddies is Sean Combs, the uh, the head uh, rod designer, and um, so I, you know, I know, I know what's going on in the back room, and. Yeah, they're always looking at new materials and they're always looking at new construction techniques. But I honestly don't see anything on the horizon right now. I think fly line wise is gonna be where you're going to see something. Something would be probably fly line before anything upgrades. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's a lot that can be done with fly. I think there's a lot that can be done with leaders. Leaders are so important. Um, who knows? But. We're not. We're not done. We're not done improving. You're talking to a bunch of warm water guys, so we're, you know, single strand twenty pound test. That's our leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yep. good. But uh, you've been doing a war- or a, a small creek series on the podcast, right? Yeah. Are you yeah. Go- are you going to be keeping that up? Or are you going to be transitioning into other realms? Yeah, there's a, there's some other things I want to do. I think <clears throat> I might do one or two more weeks of the small stream, and then um, I do want to uh, I do want to do a, a, a series of two or three weeks on on updates on the Bristol Bay situation because there's some things happening there, and um, and I want to um, I want to do one on the Mayfly Project, which is a which is a organization that puts uh, foster kids uh, with mentors and fly fishing. And uh, there's all kinds of, all kinds of other things I want to do, but yeah, um, I I think um, I've done two East West uh, double feature podcasts. I'm going to do another one this week, maybe one more, and then I'm going to move on to other things. 
yeah, I listened to this past week's while I was out carp fishing. I was like, mm-hmm. the chasm cannot get any greater than listening to a guy talk about small stream fishing in Washington State and yeah. me, me standing in western Pennsylvania River fishing for carp. <laughs> you got good carp fishing? Uh, we have all right carp fishing. There's a yeah. there's a billion carp <laughs> in our river. Go a catch billion one any day, <laughs> and 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 they they come out like live at five pounds. Isn't that the isn't that what they that happens right? They're born live at five pounds. Yeah, you don't got small yeah. carp, right? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> well, so, I've been fr- I've been very frustrated with carp lately. I've been fishing over. 20 to 40 pound carp in Lake Champlain and they've been just giving me fits. I've been skunked the last two times, but they're huge. So, but they're cruise they're cruising in deep water and I can't figure out what they're doing. Are they they're not much, Are they cruising on the bottom or are they the mid Nah, they're kind of above the bottom or mid water. I, I I don't I don't know how much they're eating, but I I got to believe that if you get the right thing in front of them, they'll sip it in, but I just haven't figured it out. Have you thrown damselfly nymph in front of their face? Yeah, the last time I went up, I I tied up these balanced damsels, and I put them on a long leader, and I put them under an indicator, and I just let them sit there. You know, I thought that would be killer. I never even had You know it. When you add the bobber, it gets only better. You, you can, I know. Man, you can, I was... I, yeah, I mean, I'll put scent on those flies. I'll, I'll get dirty. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Let's, let's go. Anus oil? Anus oil? Yeah. You can think in one hand and wish in the other. <laughs> See which yeah. one fills up yeah. faster, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh... So, uh, speaking of scent, is that dirty for fly fishing? I know you do a lot of striper fishing and bluefish fishing. Yeah. It, yeah. Is that still dirty? I don't know. I played around with it. Um, we pu- I put crabs in on crab flies before. And I don't think it made a difference. Really? You don't think uh, it does? No. I don't I, I don't care. If somebody wants to do it, you know, well, more power to them. I don't care. Uh, I don't think it's dirty. But I also don't think it's, uh, I don't think it helps that much. And you think it would, but I don't think it does. And- I've never seen it. And I know guides that have, experimented with it and they they haven't seen a big difference so how sure how far are you from the coast uh about four hours oh okay so you're not going striper fishing just on a whim no and and you know uh, my favorite place is cape cod and they're kind of in a red zone for covid and vermont's in a pretty much a bubble a green zone um there's very very little covid here so um and we've been really careful. So uh, I've, as much, I always go to Cape Cod for at least a couple fishing trips and, and a week family vacation. But we haven't been this year. I just I can't do it. Yeah, you got to keep, keep yourself green. Yeah, yeah. I'm old, you know. <laughs> I'm old. I don't want to. I don't want to get the COVID. Speaking of being old, Tom, <laughs> how long? Damn you, right. Nobody does. No, no, no. Well, speaking of being old, how long have you been in the fly fishing industry? Well, if you count, <clears throat> if you count tying commercially yes. in college and as a teenager, that would be about a little over fifty years. So, you know, and and uh, I, I just quick question here, you know, uh, so being in fifty years, and uh, you you uh, fish with uh, more conventional trout styles, I'm sure than just stripping a streamer all the time like we like to pound our head against the wall and do. 
Um, yeah. What have you seen in those years that have really changed the game, or have uh, just you know given a lot of fly fishermen the advantage as far as oh, yeah. nymphing and things like that? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, nymph fishing with a with a bobber with an indicator really um, really changed the game for especially for the the novice angler who <clears throat> you know wants to go out and catch some trout and can sit in a drift boat and and plop that thing out there. I mean, anybody can catch a trout um, on on an indicator from a drift boat, especially with a good guide who's positioning the boat in the right place. So that's really been a game changer uh, for people. And I've watched uh, fly sales go from, you know, dry flies being the, the big, um, the big money fly, you know, parachute Adams and Alcaraz, whatever to, you know, beathead nymphs becoming far more popular and sales wise. So, um, you know, the indicator fishing and, and now Euro nymphing, has um you know really become huge it's really become big because it's you know, you'd catch a lot of fish with that method i can remember a lot, when of, people I was a... Don't, a lot of people don't like it it's you know it's not very pretty um but it's effective it's kind of fun i don't do it a ton but i do it because i feel i should and um it's a you know it's something new to learn and I've learned from I've learned from some really good Euro nymph people, George Daniel and Jesse Haller. And you know, I kind of enjoy, especially early season when when you really got to get a fly down. Nothing else is going on. I was going to state that I remember as a kid, you'd never see fly uh, no bobber fly rod. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean when I grew up, there nobody were, there ever no, mentioned a bobber no in a fly rod, and yeah. there were no dry droppers and. Jesus, we we could have fished dry droppers. Nobody ever thought of doing it. You know, <laughs> it was not like not like they weren't around. Uh, you know, there were big wolf flies and parachutes, and there were nymphs, and we we could have done it, but nobody did. Um, and I think that you know the whole big streamer thing. Figuring, I mean, people from Michigan and Montana figuring out that a brown trout will uh, take a fly that's bigger than a tarpon fly. Um, oh, sure, that's that's kind of changed the game for people. Especially people going after big brown trout. So, you know, people are always innovating. And I think that with a lot more young kids in fly fishing now, uh, it's really cool because they're really innovating. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not stuck on tradition. They're going to, they're going to do it whatever way. They're going to come up with their own ways of doing it. And um, it's, it's pretty cool what they've come up with. So Tom, in, in the last few weeks this show has become the new bowfin podcast broadcasting oh network. yeah <laughs> not for me though um bowfin. and you know or you have mentioned lake champlain we have uh-huh. a, we have a buddy uh vt pike bomb uh brian Catarat, who i i saw brian i saw brian uh about four days ago and he was fishing the same carp spot i was <laughs> there you go that, oh yeah that he was the only other fool out there he didn't catch anything either <laughs> that he, son he of a, a bitch giant bow <laughs> but he got a giant bowfin from lake champlain yeah he did do you yeah. ever run into them i do i do i've i've caught bowfin um i've caught bowfin especially during spawning season when they're in the shallows um there's a guy up in champlain named drew price who um is c- kind of the master of the warm water fishery on Champlain and, and Drew showed me uh, how to catch bowfin. What's the, what's the approved fly? 
You know, I don't know what he. I forgot what he uses. <laughs> it's some. It's something that uses a couple dubbing loops. And I said, that's ah, too much work for me. Yeah. Like we like loops. Bucktail. <laughs> yeah. When but, is their yeah, spawn? You know, it's just. A, I mean, it's a matter of getting it in front of them and dapping yep. it in their yep. face. Yeah. Exactly what we that's it, man. Do. When is their spawning season? Early or late? It's 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 in the spring. It's fairly okay. early. I think it's May. Um, but they're beautiful. You know, the males are the males got these bright green iridescent mm-hmm. colors on them. Um, nice. It's really and they're way shallow. They're way in. They're way in the weeds. You got to go in with a canoe. You can't get to them with a conventional boat. Mm. Um, and you just you're basically dapping. I mean, a ten car rod would be great, but you take it. <laughs> uh, so I needed the car. You know, a long stiff rod would be the way to do it because you you pretty much got to you don't have any. You don't have any room to cast. You're you're jigging it in pockets between the weeds. Mm. But it's it's fun. It's pretty cool. Do you put weed guards on your flies for that? No. Nope. No. No. They don't give it a shit or a neff. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't use weed guards for a lot of flies except for largemouth bass and some of my bonefish flies if I'm fishing over. Um, uh, really a lot of limestone or, or eelgrass. I'll put uh, weed guards on bonefish flies, but most flies I don't I don't use weed guards. We've been using them just as a summer like kind of trash fish when we've had low water and yeah, uh, like some streamers. Just uh, deceivers have been slow move deceivers, and they will just come out and it has to be moved slow, slowly uh-huh. or twitched trash in front of their fish. face I take or that over a trout. And they you know, I, you know that would right. be a good idea because Bofin hit a fly pretty hard. It probably oh not, yeah, weed guard's probably not going to hurt anything. Mouths are hard though. Yeah, hard their mouths are hooking them. Yeah, yeah I may have to slowly. try that. I may have to try that. Yeah, that's just it. That's been effective so far, but we've only got a couple mm-hmm. trips midsummer on them. Yeah. But was that about four fish, all right, about twenty and plus the other day? Yeah, yeah, solid, trip, yeah. solid cool size fly. fish. Cool fish. Yeah. So what? What's your favorite fish out of Lake Champlain? Because we know they have smallmouth, they have carp, they have bowfin. What, yeah, I mean, you've you got everything taste? up there. Atlantic salmon and oh. uh, lake trout and pike and pumpkin seed sunfish and drum and tench. And, uh, what, what's you know, a tench? A tench is a, a, tench is a kind of like a, kind of like a big minnow. It's, hmm. it's introduced. It's a European fish. I've never caught one. Drew, Drew chases them. Um, through price chases them, but my favorite up there is is a carp because uh, it's it's mostly clear water and they're a huge, huge, very difficult to catch carp. So that's 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 what I go up there for. I mean, I don't even look at a smallmouth when I'm up there. I mean, when, you know, I've cruised past twenty inch smallmouths and said, yeah, I don't want to throw it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shake him off, shake him off at your feet, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh. I was at my smallmouth spot while I was listening to you podcast last week, and uh, I had smallmouth crashing at my feet, and cool didn't do anything with them. I'm just looking for the carp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get carp on your mind, and you get pretty. Uh, oh, you, you get, get dirty. I felt like I should have had ov- yeah. overalls on, like Dan, yeah, really. like like Dan does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So back on to some of the podcast stuff, like. How how important is it that you keep up on that, and do you feel like that all that stuff needs to happen to to keep the momentum? How important is what? 
keep keeping up on all the stuff you do with interviews and and you know the podcast and working there like every every what how once a week and then you're always working on it the social media side how how it takes care of you know producing more listeners how important is is keeping up with the podcast to produce more listeners like just your daily promotion through other social media sites and things like that yeah well you know nobody cares what i do in the podcast at orbis nobody listens to them i just do them because (laughs) because i like to do them and because feedback is really gratifying and and i know that that i'm helping people but you know if i didn't do a podcast for a month my boss my boss wouldn't even notice and wouldn't say, Hey, how come you haven't done a podcast? I just do them because hmm. <laughs> I think they're important. Um, and so, and I try to do them once a week because, you know, people kind of depend on them and I feel, I feel indebted to the listeners to, to give them, um, give them new entertainment and, and tips every week. Well, even that when you like do things for, uh, you know, conservation, like you do with the pebble mines, how much do you think, how important do you think that is to get out to the people and how, like for the movement, like obviously you get tons of listeners. That's gotta be, you know, when you get somebody to say, Oh, I did this or I helped out a little bit. That's gotta be super gratifying. Well, yeah. And if, you know, I feel, I figure if I touch two or three people and they write their Congress, congressman or Senator, then, then it's, it's been worth it. And Tom, I'm calling BS on you saying no one would say anything because with the <laughs> amount of feedback that you get, like the amount of questions that you get every week. Yeah. There's someone paying attention, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, uh, the customers are paying attention. The listeners are paying attention. Just nobody at Orvis is paying attention. And that's yeah. why I can say anything I want on those podcasts. Cause I know nobody in the main office is, is listening to them. none of the Perkins <laughs> have ever tuned in. <laughs> now, they, I mean, actually, actually Perk, the chairman of the board does listen to him once in a while. Okay. <laughs> but you, you get more feedback per show. I, I think about it and I stew about it every week. You get more feedback per show with people writing in and asking questions. And we've had in four years of podcasting. <laughs> Well, you got to ask for it. Are you asking for the, are you? No, are I don't want to. asking for the order? I don't want to hear what anyone wants. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, see, I do. I think it makes me a better marketer. I think it makes me, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm a marketer at heart. And I think it makes me a better marketer to answer these questions every week. I know what, I know what people are looking for. I know what confuses them about choosing a rod. And so I think it's really valuable just for me as a marketer. And, um, you know, you, you guys aren't, you guys aren't, aren't selling anything. So, um, you don't have to answer those questions or, you don't you know, you can do whatever you want. No, Tom, in all actuality, I'm a diesel mechanic by trade and I listen to your podcast and during the fly box, I, you, you read the questions just like we read to you in our Dixie cup fly. Um, mm-hmm. and I try to answer it in my head before you do, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you get people that say that to you? Do they? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, I get this. I I get the same questions quite often, over and over again. But I figure, I figure, you know, if people are asking them that often, then I'm not, I'm I'm not getting through. <laughs> I better answer. It again. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. 
Sounds like the 25-year-old kid I'm working with. Yeah, you just get new <laughs> potential new listeners, though, and, and, you know, you keep growing the growing the herd, so kudos for that. Yeah, yeah. So when uh when COVID lifts, where are you going? What what are you gonna do? Where are you going to chase fish? Oh, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've i it's really been neat because I was traveling a lot last year filming the second season of the T V show. I wasn't home a lot. Um and it's been wonderful. I um just exploring the small streams around home, doing more carp fishing on Champlain and some other some other places. And just hanging out with my family and going on hikes with my son and looking for mushrooms and edible. My son's really into foraging. So it's been, I'm, I'm not missing traveling at all, but boy, um, when it lifts, I'm going to the Rockies somewhere for sure. There you go. You know, whether it's Idaho or Wyoming or Montana, mm-hmm. I'm going to the Bahamas for sure. I'm going to Cape Cod for sure. <laughs> so, so the small stream hit hit home. You got to soak all that up because of yeah. you know, some crazy yeah, I mean, imbalance to I've the world. I've always loved it. I've always done a lot of it when I'm home. But this summer, I've been able to explore. Yeah, I found a couple new stretches, 15 minutes from my house that I never fished before that were you know okay, caught fish. Yeah, that works. So, so with the mushrooms, what? You guys eating well, or, or are you just looking a lot? Oh, we're eating well, yeah. We're, right now it's chanterelle season, so we're eating chanterelles almost every night on pizza and with pasta and and <laughs> with steak and whatever. With cereal, uh, eh? We're, we're eating a lot of chanterelles <laughs> and bolides, and um, hope we're going to go out. We got, with all this rain, we think that mushrooms are going to be just popping. We're going to go out and look for all some All season. Trumpets. Yeah, we're, I, have, I ran into some trumpets earlier in the season. I don't know if they were the correct type to eat but uh morel hunting some black some black trumpets oh yeah uh, unless they well, were they devil, probably are they were probably devil's urn they don't look like any yeah. they don't look like anything else so yeah if they smell really good fragrant and they look like a trumpet yeah i think they're pretty safe to eat but like you said the chanterelle season it's uh yeah it's going to be continuous for a while now as long as we we got we got similar rains probably not Maybe as much yeah. as you. Not but... a few weeks, anyways. They, they late August they tend to they tend to slow down. This is yeah, a... at least here, at least here in Vermont. This is Jason Mine's first uh first summer foraging. Foraging, for, yeah, we kind of started oh. in the spring, but there's oh, oh man, I found some spots. But my son, my son has gotten us into. We've been eating nettles and hmm. burdock and cattails. And we're actually eating nightshade berries now. Believe it or not, there's a black nightshade that's actually quite edible. Um, I know that nightshade, you know, some nightshade is poisonous, but uh, there's a common nightshade, black nightshade, that's really tasty. Uh, we've eaten all kinds of weird things this year. And trout lily, but trout lily bulbs, and of course we eat ramps. We eat <laughs> in the springtime. We eat ramps seven days a week. If you don't mind me asking, how old is your son to to be getting into? Fifteen. Fifteen. That's amazing. I wish I wish I was into it like this when, uh, when oh, I was I his age. Kind of knew nothing about yeah. it. Foraging's pretty pretty good sport. Well, even when we yeah, were I mean, other people there. worry about screen time. My uh, my son just wants to be out in the woods all the time. Like every day, he wants to take a hike. He's got it made every day. <laughs> he wants to be outside every day. He's saying, "Dad, um, why are you doing that goddamn Facebook Live?" So, so, I know. That's what I said the other day. Hey, Brett, 
You've been spending too much time outside. Why don't you have some screen time? Uh, <laughs> we laughed. Gave him we laughed the, about it. Gave him to the babysitter. Uh, I I have some staghorn sumac across the street that I'm I'm looking yep. at as we speak. I want to yep. make I want to make lemonade out of it so bad. I just, yeah. It's been raining every day. I haven't had a chance to walk over and grab any. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. So what are do you know what kind of bleach you're getting? The red or what's What's what bullets? Yeah, what what style do you um, have? You know, we haven't found any kings yet. We're getting some ornate stocked and and some other some other random ones that I haven't bothered keying out, but I know they're not poisonous because they don't stain blue and they don't have red pores. So, you know, if if they don't have they don't stain blue and they don't have red pores, they're safe. So. Oh yeah, I watched I them turn blue. I I thought that was pretty amazing. I was like, "Oh, gotcha, picking up, yeah. picking up some yeah. tricks." But bull, you know, bullets are so difficult to identify to species that I just say, "Yeah, okay, that's a good one." <laughs> yeah, I I like the ones I know I could eat for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, were you into it before your son was into it? Yeah, I've been into it for maybe twenty years or so. One of one of the guys at Orvis, um, Jim LePage, used to be the head rod developer rod and reel developer and i kind of uh began doing it together and we spent a lot of time studying it and and spent a lot of time walking around the woods looking for stuff and then i got my wife into it when i first met her she now it's her very favorite thing to do she loves doing so that you know the whole family loves doing it so it's it's a great great family activity so do you do you hunt them all year round because i know the first time i got introduced to eating a just a mushroom from out in the wild was with jason it sheephead. Was a sheephead mushroom yeah, yeah and giant sheephead uh, he had dried them they'd done everything or however i don't know what you got to do to them but soak them soak them there you go and <laughs> Soak them, clean them. Do you do it all year round, or is it just you know a certain time of year for you? Well, the winter here you can't get much. We we look for um, we look for chaga in the winter time. There you go. Make tea or how do you? Yeah, you... yeah, we make chaga tea, which is supposedly very good. It's actually quite tasty. We um, had a but we had a guy yeah, a couple weeks ago that makes chaga, or he's he's a professional forager, and, uh-huh. he, and he was saying people were making chaga coffee. Hmm. I don't know. It sounded interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, chaga teas. Chaga teas fine. I don't know if chaga <laughs> coffee. I don't know how. I guess you could grind it up and brew it like coffee, but it would still taste like chaga tea. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All I gotta say is foraging is awesome. Yeah. Like, what do you, What do you do when you when you got an hour to kill? You could go pick some, you know, for the freshest mushrooms you could get that you're not going to buy at a store right you can't get those at yeah store. i mean they can't cultivate many of these and they're you know they're, i don't think there's anything better than a chanterelle i, I think they're the tastiest mushroom. Oh, i'm right there other with people you. other people think morels are better but uh, I, i'll take a chanterelle over a morel any day yeah mm-hmm. they're 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 right there at a one and two but i wouldn't say I, i'd be on your side with that now, now yeah. do you ever harvest any well like stock trout or any that you have close to you for you know having with the mushrooms you know, um, occasionally I'll, I will go into a small brook trout stream and have a kind of a ceremonial meal of wild brook trout and chanterelles. Um, but I don't do it that often. I don't really like trout. I mean, small brook trout are pretty good, but um, I prefer saltwater fish for the most part or, or yellow perch or walleye or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
speaking of that, in that vein, and going back to the podcast, uh, you had Steven Steven Ranella on the show. Um, yeah. That that's one that pops out in my mind. Are there any like show guests? I know you don't want to choose any over anyone else, but are there any show guests that pop out in your brain that you really enjoyed the talk with? You know, I you know I really well most of them I enjoyed talking with. You know, yeah, because I pick them, I pick them, and pick. You know, I pick somebody that that I that I usually that I know not not always. I don't always know them. I get advice from other people, but and often I pick people that I know. Um, John McMillan, the uh, steelhead biologist mm-hmm. from from uh, the West Coast. Uh, I just have so much fun talking to him, and he's so interesting, and he's so funny. And relaxed and positive. I really enjoy my interviews with John. Can I? In give fact, you... I'm going to be on his podcast. Uh, he's interviewing me this Thursday. He just started a podcast, but he's so much fun to talk to, and people loved his podcast. He was also on the Dirtbag Diaries podcast just uh-huh. two weeks ago. That yeah, that's one to listen to. I it remember was, him yeah. from Vokey, and that's been a while. But they were talking about him, uh, Whitewater. Uh, snorkeling in the yeah. in the trees. It it was a really good show to to listen to. Yeah, John's amazing. He's really amazing. So, uh, hey Tom, we're we're on about an hour. We don't want to keep you too awful late when you're in the middle of a tropical storm coming through. Is there anything? No, it's it's pretty much done now. Oh, okay. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to hit on? Hmm. No, I don't think so. We hit on foraging and carp and small stream trout. Some of my favorite things. John McMillan. I don't know. Is that your favorite people? You could <laughs> you could be my friend, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take me carp fishing. I'll be your friend. Oh, oh carp are free here, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> all day long. Chase turns his nose up to the carp. Chad's Chad's kind of. I thing. can show you to him though. <laughs> He got a carp shirt on. He's I'm wear- ready. I'm wearing a shirt with a carp on it as we speak. Uh, I participated in the carp aside this year uh, from the Mi- oh. the Minneapolis uh, area, but it happened online because of COVID. I'm wearing a shirt that says "Waiting is for people without friends." And it has a picture of a drift boat on it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guys at the guys at Southern Culture on the fly made it for me because they know I I much prefer to be on my my feet than sit in a drift boat. So they made me this shirt. Mm. That, that's one thing I want to ask you. You you do get to go in drift boats a little bit with the job you have. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you know how to row? Uh, I can row. I can. I can row. Um, I cannot pull a flats boat. Okay. Mm. I cannot. Absolutely. I, I am I am the most clueless polar, but I just bought a canoe. I put I put outriggers on it and a friend gave me a pole and I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to pull this canoe for carp. How I'm many to get good at it? How many times <laughs> have you tried polling? Oh, probably half a dozen. Okay. So it takes more than that to learn? Oh shit! It's one of the oh, hardest shit. things I've ever done. Have you ever tried to pull? Have you no. ever tried to pull a flat spot? No, oh, that's, that's why we're asking. Uh, oh, we man, can all it's row. Hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I mean, you watch these. You watch these guys pulling a boat, and it looks so effortless. So they're athletes, is, is what you it say? Is friggin' tough. I bet that takes a lot of core energy. Yeah, I, I, I watched. Mean, 
I watch Dave Mangum on YouTube all the time, and he makes it look effortless. Yeah. I think I can do it. Yeah. It's not it's not so much strength and core, it's really technique. It's really coordination, which I don't have. <laughs> you know, it's re- I mean it's hard work. It's hard hard work, no doubt about it, especially pulling against the wind. Um, but it's really te- it's all it's technique and uh you know, knowing exactly where to plant that pole and how to turn your body um to make the boat go where you want it to go is uh it's really tough. So when you're in a flat boat and things are going right, you really need to appreciate the skill that's going on behind you there that you can't really see because you're looking for fish. Tip your sure. polar. <laughs> Tip your polar when he gets it done. Yeah, but I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to I'm not going to give up on it. So is uh, bonefish in the Bahamas your saltwater fish of choice? Yeah, uh it, yeah, I really love bonefish, and I love the Bahamas. I love the people. I love the ecosystem. The guides there are um, the guys are really professional, but they're also really fun and uh, laid back. Um, unlike you know saltwater guides in in some other areas, it's just it's just a lovely experience. And I love stocking fish. Uh, I love visual fishing and stocking fish, as you probably can tell. And bone fishing, you know, does it all. So by you, when you say stocking fish, are you out of the boat and stocking them on foot? If I can get out, yeah. If I, you know, I prefer to wade. I much prefer hmm. to wade than have somebody else in control of the boat. Hmm. Huh. So much. I would much rather wade. How how often do you have to worry about sharks though when you're wading on the flats? I don't worry about them. I mean, I've had, you know, I've, sharks don't really bother me. I've, I've had bull sharks follow me all day long and you know maybe i'm maybe i'm just ignorant but they've never really bothered me that much i'm only asking because it's like shark month on nat geo that's yeah that's all i've been watching (laughs) yeah i mean i i mean i've had sharks almost you know i've had sharks eat bonefish right in front of me and but they're just another fish and they really don't want to bother you that much so i bet you 10 bucks Um, that's where that scent will work (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah put a little bit no, out. put a little I mean, out on your that's leg. a that's a least of your worry sharks i mean the stingrays are oh, stingrays are a lot more yeah true. a lot more of a Ocean threat is full stepping of, full on a stingray in, a, in the mud or something like that so do oh, you yeah. have to do the stingray shuffle i heard about that when i was yeah. on the west coast of florida yeah where it's you know where it's mucky if i remember to <laughs> <laughs> if not whatever right yeah i mean there's a I mean, it's a hell of a lot safer than driving your car down the roads. I don't really worry about things like sharks and stingrays. Lots of other things to worry about in life. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to make the best of what you're doing while you're doing it. That's Yeah. That's kind of yeah. the way we've adapted our lives as well. Yeah. I mean, if you slow down and pay attention, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. So, Tom, what what's the name of your podcast? Uh and wait. <laughs> Jesus, come on! Everybody knows the name of this guy's podcast. I know, but the the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast, very original name, by the way. And okay, what's the name of your TV show that's on Amazon Prime? It is the Orvis Guide to Fly Fishing. Um, and what? How many episodes are in the second season? Second season is thirteen. Okay, in the first season there, what? There were thirteen. Thirteen as, as well? well. Yep. 
All right, yeah, so it's a quarter. Get... It's a quarter on on TV, so thirteen weeks and a quarter. So we get twenty six episodes of the Orvis TV show on Amazon Prime. It's uh, not on. It, the second season is not on Amazon Prime yet. Um, they need to. They need to do some uh, re-editing. Oh, uh, remove okay. some remove some logos and and um, you know the, the editing the color color correction has to be different and stuff. So that that is not on Amazon Prime yet. It's on YouTube. Okay. And it'll it'll be on the Orvis Learning Center, um, kind of chopped up into three or four minute segments so that people can go through it uh, bit by bit if they want. Okay. And uh, you just recently had a book come out, the uh, the guide to picky trout or. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, my two most recent books are, uh, uh, hatch strategies. And then there was the Orvis, uh, fly tying guide, a, re- a total revision of a book I did about 12 years ago. Um, whole new, all new patterns and, and new texts and everything, new photographs. Um, and they're available at Orvis.com. Yeah, Probably. Probably. Come on, Chad. Why are you pressing me? They pay attention to your books as much as your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Tom. Well, hey. But they can be found in bookstores and Amazon and places like that. So. Okay. It's been a pleasure talking with you tonight, sir. And uh, hey, we thanks, thank- guys. Yeah, we want to thank you very appreciate much. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Those were fun questions. Thanks for letting me jabber on about various things. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's been our pleasure, man. We love it. All right. When- what you want by the BC Boys? Is Static X? Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This album is forever. This man. album is 20 years old this year. My sister used Something to love listening to the this shit in the back of my fucking car, man, because, you know, she'd ride around when we were, yeah. you know, 17, 16, 17, 18, whatever, and she was, you know, a little kid. She was four years younger than I was, and she still, to this day, loves Static X. I think her kids just sit around and headbang to Static X sometimes. They came out with a new album, which is totally weird because Wayne Static is dead. I was gonna huh. say static trash, but I I let you guys roll with the music. <laughs> I'm just joking. Remember we saw these guys in concert, Jay? The hoodlum shit I heard you listening to earlier today, Jay's. <laughs> Bro, was ridiculous. That had, that had Little Wayne on it. Oh, why? Little Wayne I, is Jesus, freaking iconic. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, well, Little Wayne is okay. Come on. There's still some. There's some okay rap oh, out there. Actually, man. Some some a, well, oh, one of some our of local news. stations. Okay, hold on. One of our local stations got changed. And and my daughter listens to pop music, so I listen to ninety five nine, the Kiss Kiss FM. It was you know pop music, just stupid. These ass are pop all music. the songs they won't play on there and except Post Malone. I get a couple of those on this station. This this is like, and then they just changed it to like like seriously like like real heavy like like new hip hop and and R and B or whatever the fuck they want to call this shit, and. I mean, uh, here and there, I, I still have it on there, because here and there you'll get some good old hip-hop, like, they played some tupac one day, or something older. Are we talking about really, my station? Yes, I, I was like, I was liking, and I'm like, my 
Now, uh, so I kept it on the I kept it on the list, but it gets played less and less and less and less all the time. I would rather listen to Hot 101, bro. If you and jump on there, some goddamn pop music. If, if you jump on shit. there at noon, the station I listen to, dude. If you can, Chad, listen to that station at noon. It's like it's kind of like well, see, I've always listened to rap, but they used to have it like a old school at noon, and that's what it they got one now, and it's it's hot, like it's all mixed, and I'm talking like everything from Nas, Jay Z, like. Mob Jin. Deep, Tupac, like it's I all. I must have fell like, upon that at one day. Then it's crazy. There was a couple good songs that came in a row on one day, and I was I kept it around. There's I, somebody my age from my where maybe a long lost brother there playing this music, dude. I'll tell you what. There's no chance in the flaming burning pits of hell that I'm ever going to get to listen to that at noon. Well, see, I, I, I understand. You're at work in a shop. Like, you, you no, can't wait, be doing I that. have a dude that's like 62 years old in my shop that listens to nothing but Kill Me Country. And what do you take lunch at? About 11? Kill Not, Me, kill me Country. Hey, come on. Come on. Don't All of it's not Kill Me. Just uh, Slowly shoot me. 35% <laughs> of it's Kill Me. Yeah, but uh, the stuff they play on the radio is just kill me country, man. Oh yeah, but this is this is like a a reinnovation you know, of my my youth. It is all I'm it talking, is. I'm, it's I'm, crazy. I'm gonna be just blunt with this statement. When I hear and you use it a lot, but and this is a perfect situation for it. When I hear fishing is fishing. That's like saying music is music. It's not. It is uh, not. Yeah, it if really you're Tenkara-ing you know, out there, people are like, oh, just go out and have fun. Well, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go out, but I'm not going to have fun. So it's like, you well, know, it's kind of like how it is with music, because there is so polar stuff oh, with music. That's why I didn't I mean, fish in Kentucky. I'm, it's not, not the same. If I'm not going to do oh, the way yeah, I want to yeah, do it, I don't want to do it. I don't disagree with you, Chad. But I will listen to some goddamn Joe Diffie all day. I like good music, <laughs> man. Too. There I would good, gladly that, listen that to right 90s. Is that before the Wu-Tang? Or 90s what? Dude, and pre-country. There are, great. there are good artists in every genre of music. Oh, yeah. No, and you get to pick and choose who you like. Everybody got style. Everybody got a style. I, 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 could, I could imagine liking one. Who's your favorite sitar artist? What? <laughs> I don't listen to sitar. But I can go from... I told the, even the guy we're working for, the old guy we're working for, I can go from 90s hip-hop Singing like a Biggie song to going and singing this song, you know he'll hear me. I'll serenade you all day out there. When Jason, I'm you have me listen to shit like uh, what was that like Sugar Sugar? Oh, playback. Yeah, sure. Like, I listen to Jason everything, dude. All kind of weird I, shit. Uh, Jason's in a bit like seriously. I I, I went like and watched all. this guy play in a band like downtown. Oh, he had sure, pip. Sure. He had pip just like Sugar Ray's lead singer. Oh man, yeah. I, I oh, you damn right, boys. Back then, man, my man was in a. He was a. He was he in a like, band, but he wasn't the lead singer of the band. Not like no, not I was like a drummer, man. I played drums. He looked like a drummer. He looked like a scrawny Mark McGrath. I was there. I was there for you, my friend. I was there. Hey, I can still play. You look like a pelican from the crowd. Oh sure, <laughs> I bet I did. I had the height. I had the height. The crash with my nose. I'm glad you didn't. Fuck the goddamn drumstick. I'm just gonna hit it with my nose and just beak. Listen, I'm glad he didn't wear no makeup. No makeup. No makeup involved. No, we were more of a punky little. That one dude. We were shitty. We were shitty punk. Didn't that one dude wear makeup? Nobody wore makeup. Oh, okay. All right. I just making sure. Anyway, good. Speaking of wearing makeup this weekend. Our family reunion is 80s theme. I'm definitely makeup and. Oh, you better have some giant hair and like the hairband style. You better look like. Do you think you can get party socks? Who's the lead singer of Motley Crue? 
What? You have the belly he has and everything now. Are you talking Vince Neil? Yeah, you need to look like Vince Neil. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> should look like Vince Neil. You even have his belly. Jason. Fuck you. Well, you can get like the Velcro hair around the sides. You look like and you, you drank, as, you drank as many beers as Vince Neil. Yeah. I didn't kill as many people as Vince Neil. <laughs> so, so ultimately, <laughs> what, that what was is eighties? Fucked up. Why did you say that? So what is eighties? Like Adidas tracksuit, yeah, Kangol. What what is eighties? Like high socks that were colored. Jace, wear an afro and something else weird. Cause you no, know where you know where that's you're from. 70s, Come on, bro. That's like seven. I'll show you eighties, right? bro. I mean, I know what the fucking ultimately, like. ultimately, the look, I know what my dad looked like. Your dad, everybody else's dad, with their high socks. No, mustache. Up, right? yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah. Big oh, yeah. mustache. Well, how Jace, old is your Here's the 80s, bro. Yeah, yeah. 62. Yeah, oh. when I rode around in a, in a shitbox car, then. Uh, that steel car with no seatbelts cut off in it. Yeah, I know what you're talking this about. This is the 80s, bro. Sure. I, I mean,. But even yet, your dad's from the era even before. He was from the 70s, we would say. Oh, yeah, my dad had a mustache and an afro and smoked uh, hookahs. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Back <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool. Yeah, it's peace, love. Uh, that would have been my era. That's God, I, w- I, I would have loved to have been alive in the 70s. The 70s is mid-coke, pre-AIDS. Yeah, 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 mid, yeah. It is. It's mid coke pre eight. You're right. So so you're talking, right. Are you talking about when no, they learned how to coke? Lots of LS, no, no, you're mid talking coke, about like mid, like in the middle of the coke scene. That's what I mean. It was good coke. Good coke. Good that, coke. That pre-8s. was still lots yeah, of LSD pre-8s. then. Too. Anyway, oh yeah, Chad, you're referring that. to when they learned how to cook the coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, called crack, my friend. My dad did never. My dad never blew himself up like a. A balloon? <laughs> no, what What the fuck's the comedian's name that blew himself up? Oh, uh, um, Richard Pryor? Yes. Yeah, come on. No, come on, Richard Pryor. He, one he caught himself on fire. He invented crack, right? <laughs> he started oh, pre-basin. God damn. <laughs> I only know this from, you know, movies. Oh, yeah, heavy shit. Who the fuck knows? Freaking crazy. <laughs> well, Tom Rosenbaum is going to be so proud of this episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for the, the, the post-interview yeah. techniques here. Have you when I always heard talking about Richard Bryan Crack? <laughs> this is Tom Rosenbaum after hours. <laughs> well, you said we were taking it back so it can't be like Dave Chappelle and, and hey. Killer Dank Marijuana. Oh, but you said the 80s was the theme this year. That's awesome. cool, man. I I want to. I'll, I'll dress like the '80s. Oh yeah, I told. I'll be Tommy fucking Lee if you're gonna be that guy. We Are should we, all be. We should all be one of the members from Motley Crew. That's how we should all dress. Mark could be Nikki Six. Do yeah, it. dude. Yeah, Do you know where I can find some skid pants? Come oh, yeah, on, you man. look like a, you look Can't like you a broken play dog. in one time and drop. The I need a hat with a, a long hair on long it. I need a hat with a. I long would have hair. by this time already. Mm. I was going to. Jace looks like a broken down McMars. <laughs> Thanks, bud. I'm just saying, bro. I don't take I, I take all compliments. I don't give a shit. Even if they're underhanded. <laughs> Not afraid. Oh fuck, Jesus man. Christ. Look, looked apart. Yeah, all this rain, man. Uh there's probably a ton of new fishing opportunities out there. I believe. And and I guarantee you, even even so, like just fish change spots. You know what I'm saying? And and be in fresh lies that might be more fishable or, or make them more catchable. So definitely a time to get out when we got a little bit of push of water. That, guy, that bump is small, at least for sure. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. I even even we had a little bit of rain a couple weeks back. They they moved around, so I haven't caught any fish, and it's gonna stay like that till I go probably here in tomorrow evening. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait till till my family comes. Probably Thursday morning. Why are you off? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I gotta work all those days, man. Let hey, me know. Look at you. What you, you take two vacation is days? Is your chantrail spot gonna produce enough for for your family? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, man. I there. you off. I know a killer spot too. You're off the entire COVID. I get two days. I'm not talking <laughs> about that. I didn't have any COVID time off. What, what are you talking about? Are you off, Jace? No, I'm kidding. I I'll take time too. off. Don't offer me. Time oh yeah, off. you were off too. <laughs> it's like God seven weeks, man. <laughs> Fished my fucking sack off. I did. You off. guys would call me like, "What are you doing?" I go fishing. Oh, I worked you. every day. Thanks. You, you got to wear I a mask. I met you for fishing a few days. No, that uh, fucking ain't I did get fun. Done early. I don't have to wear a mask at work. Uh, it's not fun. I'll so, tell you. You know what I do with truck drivers when they come in? I tell them to get the fuck out. Bro, you gotta wait. Yeah, I could understand that. It's private, but man, gotta wear a mask. Gotta involve myself around people. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun at all, man. I don't like that. Breathing in a mask. Not always the easiest thing, bro. I'm sure. But you're not going to be a Karen, are you? Oh, <laughs> I might bitch. <laughs> I might say something. I'm wondering where the hazard pay is at. The only, pla- the the only place, place I don't... It's goddamn mask. It's in my fucking way. I can't breathe. It's goddamn it. No, the only place I don't wear one is in Circle PA when I go get my fucking coffee. I talk to the same old lady I talk to every fucking day. Hey, bitch, give me some coffee. I don't know. I don't wear That's a mask. That's your mask. I don't uh, wear a face. mask in there. And I just tell her, and she talks to me like I'm a normal human being. She knows our, our, our fr- you know, well, she's a friend of, friends of ours, mama. Jason, and you I'm got like, asthma. hey, lady, how you doing? So you got and a health you know, condition. Like, how you doing? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die because COVID. I barely ever use that thing anymore. It's, it's, yeah. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me, dude? Can I just get one more in for the night? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, at least you have like an extra inch of clearance for your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> In a mask. He can't make it past the nose. I can't wear a mask. It hurts my nose too much. Yeah, that'd be a good reason. I hate wearing masks. It hurts my nose. They don't got a mask that covers the beak. But he's sucking in so much more COVID air through his beak. You know what I told this bitch? I said, if I'm not... even put that on. No, you know what I said? I said, if I'm not sucking in drywall dust, I'm not wearing this thing. Oh, yeah, you gotta have one on a lot, though, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've worn them for eight hours a day, like real, like you know, nine, blah blah blah, blah you know, all the like high tech, super nice ones. But no, nah, it's that sucks, man. It hurts. Yeah, I, my nose gets crushed. It gets crushed. It's like getting like pounded down for like nine. I talk like this to the kid I'm working with. Hey, can you go outside and get something, man? Hey, dude, please, please go get something. So hey, cr- hey. And it crushes your nose to normal size. That's the meaning. <laughs> so so what's the plans you take you taking them out do a little fishing taking the family out do a little foraging no we're just fucking talking about bullshit jace That's i know doing. i could ramble on with your bullshit but i don't I'm really like no you're talking about your big beak i was trying to get off the beak subject yeah we're gonna do chicken on the spit i gotta bring you some venison over man we got, good. You we got, got some loins and lots of stuff that needs ate up. So that be yeah. uh, let me know what day and and like I said with Friday the, with night. the mushrooms. With Friday night, some mushrooms. Or uh, let me know if you need me to grab some mushrooms. Friday night's gonna be the, Friday yeah. night's gonna be the night. I'm gonna take them foraging. I think Thursday, 
and we're going to go uh, either do brook trout or hybrids, depending on the weather and depending on who all wants to go. And, you know, that's going to be that. And then uh, Friday, I think it's going to be a shit show from the from the break of dawn. I'm sure. Should just I go hope, to like... hopefully, hopefully, I have the day off. If you have the day off, it's going to be a total shit show. It might be a wet shit show. You know, we might go for a float or something. But that would uh, be awesome. We should. It, you, you supposed to, to be a hot your, weekend. Your Nine or eighties, upper eighties, mid eighties. I don't have any idea. I didn't even look yeah, at the I just weather. Caught the weather earlier. Uh, I don't think any rain for Saturday. No. no, it looks like a beautiful day for Saturday. I think this is going to be the smallest family reunion we've had in years. In, in the four years we've been doing this podcast, this is going to be the smallest one. Well. Yeah, it's because of COVID. COVID. Everyone's scared. And even, you know, you 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 get a lot of the older, older Ultimately, people to come out. Ultimately, you didn't sit at home all year just to go to a family it's, reunion. It's, it's you things know? that them, those people might not get to come out and see everybody this year. Yeah. It, it, it really stinks. It does. Yeah. So uh, that that's one thing I'm I'm a little upset about. Are you gonna Are you gonna get them uh, there by Zoom meeting? There you go. There's an idea for like a. That's not a bad idea, Jay. Well, I mean, playing the game. We could play bingo, bingo yeah. or something, or at least be there for the meeting prior to bingo. Give yeah, them the idea, like when they give them know, a little you visual. Start, you know, when you go make sure they're there in spirit. Stuff. Maybe do Facebook Live. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's a good idea. Thank you, Jay. That's a great idea, actually. We might actually do that. That way the people that that are actually not coming because of issues and... No, just because they might be older and they don't want to... And, and, that's, and that's, it's that's, totally understandable. Yes, absolutely. So that that's a great idea, Jace. I think we're going to... I'm going to try to implement that. Hey, hey come up with good ideas. Everybody, here. everybody got to talk about you good guys. The, the technology is around for a reason. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. And they might enjoy that too. Yeah. So. And, and everybody's on Facebook. All, all the old people are on Facebook. Oh, you darn right. Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, you could join. And people here could join and be watching it together. You'll be on the screen, vice versa, yeah. and all that. So, yeah, while they're watching the live, yeah, things like that. Pretty cool opposition to not having to come. But you won't get to taste that chicken, boy. So, tonight, we were brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Get all your... Uh, your UPF shirts, all kinds of different things, and nice oh, prints. Everything. At they got a ton com. of stuff, man. Yeah, belts, jump all right kinds. Yeah. Uh, everything from cups to art to what lanyards, all kind of stuff. Also, check out Eric Sooks at ericsooks.com. Tonight's show has been brought to us live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com. Hey, Mark, does it bother you that I do the Urban Fly Company spot? Not one bit. Okay. You started it up. I'll, I'll steal it from everybody. I didn't know it was a. It a, honestly a feels. It would feel more weird if I did it myself. Okay. Je- yeah. You got to talk in third person for it though. No. <laughs> check, check them guys out. Check out Mark at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Check out myself. <laughs> Sims Fishing. Check them out. SimsFishing.com. Winners around the corner. Check out Yeti. Bibs, everything. Built for the wild. I'm sorry to cut you. I Queen cut you City off. Guiding. Ryan Evans is a fine gentleman. Could take you out stream fishing. Uh, I don't know if he's doing drift fishing yet, potentially, but it's all kind of opportunities, and it's getting to the point where you're going to want to book a fall steelhead trip. So QCG, is it? Queen City Guiding. Is it Queen City Guiding spelled out? Queencityguiding.com. Yeah, he's got them, and steelhead are coming. Check them out. 
Hey, if you guys have any questions about our plugs or any of our guests, check them out in the show notes. We uh we put plugs and we put hot links to all the uh, our guests. Obviously, listen to the uh, Orvis Fly pod- Fishing Podcast. Yeah, Fly Fishing Podcast. And you know what? I, I was thinking about this on the way over here. And uh, tell a friend, hey, if all of our listeners just tell one of their best buddies to listen to this show, I think I think we could double our listeners. And I want to get out to everybody because this podcast deserves to get out there to everybody. And like, so, Chad, like Chad says, if you got a recommendation or questions or... Weren't we asking people to do a review? Yeah. It's super easy. Do Hit that. And five stars. You will be mentioned, and hopefully we can get, you know, interaction with you. Pushes hey. it up there further. If you have any questions about fishing and where to find new places to go, or if you're going to a new place, check out Why Not Fishing's at, or Why Not's at the dock. Hey, like I say on Instagram, tune in, turn it up, and tell a friend, brother. Yeti, built for the wild. I already said that one. Okay. Yeti, built for the wild. Don't feel bad, Chad. You want to do Why Not again? Why Not Fishing, the app, the dock. Hey, I don't listen to this podcast. We can tell. (laughs) 